Hello, and welcome back to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Well, how's it going? Oh, it's going really well. You know, it's uh, another uh, exciting NBA season is is on the way. And, um, you know, I, I think really the big story that's going in here is the Golden State Warriors are going after the NBA's first three since... Ah, that, 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 that. Wait, wait, wait. I don't want to owe Pat Riley. Wait. Pat Riley listens to the show for sure. I don't want to owe him money, so we got to figure out a different way to do this. Wait, what's the problem? Uh, the 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 three consecutive championships thing. Yeah, there's an easy way to say it, and I know that's the way you were going to say it. Uh, we probably need to find a different way though, just because Pat old uh, our good friend Pat Riley, which we've talked a, a lot of shit about Pat Riley, so like he might let it go for some podcasts, but I don't think he's gonna let it go for us. So yeah, we're we're gonna have to figure out a different way because I think we owe him. Uh, I think you owe him like six hundred dollars every single time you mentioned. Uh, the three consecutive championships repeating thing. <laughs> so, you know, so when to... <laughs> you say when you say three and it rhymes with repeat, you can't do that. I, I, you know, I, you might be able to, but I don't know if I have expressed written consent, written consent from Pat Riley. I sent in for it. Uh, I have not checked my mailbox quite yet, uh, and yeah. we started recording, so I could, right. I could go away and check my mailbox. It is Sunday though, so I'm guessing it didn't come, but you never know. It's so true. You, he might have, he may have overnighted it or whatnot, just to make sure that we had clearance before we started recording. So maybe you should explain the history of that because for the, for the listeners who yes. don't know, yeah. It's, All right, I'm gonna do it. I'll, maybe, I'll pay him a few times because maybe they. Gonna, it, 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 it's possible that they have actually, you know, they've actually said that word and they didn't know that they can't say that word. And maybe they have. Right. They might have Pat Riley like you know coming to their door and knocking the door and say, "Hey, give me money," you know, because Pat's known for yeah, that. They yeah, they might get invoice. Yeah, they might get right. invoice yeah. for mentioning it in a conversation yeah. with friends or whatnot. I mean, if so, here I'm gonna. Yeah, if, if you uh, you know no. if if you've said that word and you you know you get the faint whiff of um you know hair oil, you might you know <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be Pat. Alonzo morning shows up at your door right. in a briefcase. Yeah, like, oh, exactly. no. no, no, oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's not, not good. So. Yeah, not, not so. You know, uh, yeah, if, all if right, Jawan so. Howard comes out, you know, and starts, yeah. You know, Bob McAdoo comes over. You know, and that's probably why those guys are with the Heat organization, because they're collecting on the on the three in a row fees, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, all right, God. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to say it one time so that we'll, we'll have to, oh, we'll, we'll cobble together. We'll do like a GoFundMe or whatever to pay for it. But uh, the word... The dastardly word three piece. Oh no! I, uh, I'm sorry. Okay, that's all. That's six hundred dollars or whatever. Now, sorry. now there's another thing I want to say. I, I have heard that if you say that word three times, that Pat <laughs> Riley will come and haunt your dreams. So, if we're gonna say it, we cannot say it more than three times because. Okay, I, that's fine. I, so that's I, one. I don't want. Okay, that's one. All right, fair enough. I'll, that's I'll, one. If we if we if we mistakenly say it later, we, we can count it, but we just have to be a little bit careful. So this is my one intentional time saying okay. it. Okay. But now the, the rest of the times I'll try not to, but yeah. th- there's just that. But uh, the term originated with the Los Angeles Lakers during their unsuccessful campaign, which is the most ironic and best part of this is all uh, their unsuccessful campaign for a third consecutive championship during the 1988-89 season. Uh, they were, of course, swept by the Pistons in the 89 finals, so they did not do it. Uh, the term is a registered trademark by Pat Riley, although it was coined by L.A. player Byron Scott. And that's definitely not something for Pat Riley to do is take other success <laughs> and use it for himself. But uh, immediately after... Uh, their championship defense against the Pistons in the 88 NBA Finals. Uh, Byron Scott said we were all using it at training camp before the season and then Pat Riley, of course, took it. In 1989, Riles and Company, which apparently is the name of his company, Riles and Company, uh, successfully registered the trademark under U.S. registration number 1552980. The Lakers did not win a third consecutive championship in 1989, uh, but the Chicago Bulls did in 1993 and Riles and Company collected royalties from sports apparel makers who licensed the phrase for use on merchandise commemorating that 
that accomplishment. So wait, uh, uh, other two things. Oh, I'm sorry, Rich. Um, yeah, yeah, go ahead. First of all, I I, I don't think Phil and, Phil Jackson and Riley, uh, you know, they don't they're they don't they're not social acquaintances. They don't hang out or anything. Yeah, they don't exchange Christmas but, cards. Uh, most but I I do wonder if um you know if they did how much um guff that phil jackson would give to riley uh, you know for the fact that you know he trademarked this and didn't actually use it and then and then phil actually used it um secondly this also reminds me of you know during the early 90s when there was the you know, the big rap feud between easy e and dr dre how dr dre you know would say all these things about easy on his records but the fact that easy would you know, would make money off of the record because you know he owed some money to uh easy with, with you know with the right yeah the he, was, he was still yeah. a part of the label yeah it was right. just like yes. many songs were like bashing easy but easy would check you know cash those checks right. and was like whatever exactly. dude i don't care yes. like, so like talk about me on dre day i don't give yeah, a shit because right. i'm cashing this bad boy in, right so there you go so so I, it is pretty good yeah and phil owes like i mean when we talk about the history of uh you know these three consecutive championships like old phil he, he owes Phil riles and company uh quite a lot of money Money there because uh yeah. Phil kept doing it. <laughs> so he did. Bad. Yes. Uh other teams have tried to circumvent the uh term as well. When uh Southern California, USC was going for a, at least a share of three straight national championships in football, its marketing department used three peats. Right, right. But, oh, uh, no, oh, no. Wait, okay. No. No. Three peats, P-E-T-E. Because okay. Pete Carroll was their coach. So they used three Pete, okay. like Pete Carroll. So a court ruled that it infringed on Ryle's trademark. So that uh, unfortunately did not work for old USC. Uh, the Bulls on their way to a three consecutive championships uh, in 1993 simply put on billboards with three rows of basketballs in them. So they had billboards. I remember these driving down Chicago as well, uh, symbolizing the four victories needed to get to the finals. So each ball had a letter of the word Pete on it at the time the Bulls had won three games of the NBA finals. So the billboard read just to kind of give you guys. So the, the first line of the, the, the billboard read P E A T. So four games, obviously. Uh, the second read P-E-A-T. This is lame as hell, by the way. Just just pay, Riles. You know what I mean? Like, at this point, it's so dumb. And then the last one read P-E-A. And then, of course, until they won the, the final game, then somebody would put a T up there. And then they would have three consecutive. So they'd have a line of three Pete's. <laughs> so yes. you know what I mean? It's not not. They didn't win. You know, it wasn't three V. Uh, yeah. But it was a line of three Pete's, so yes. that's you know that's how we can kind of get away from this. But Ooh, uh, uh, we're 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 I think we're okay, but we are treading on some thin. Ice I'm toeing the line, baby. Uh, the yeah. sharks are, are chomping at me. But uh, I, I, on the I bright side, though, yeah. I think the best part of this entire thing is that uh, Riley's Heat failed to get three consecutive championships in 2014 as well, which leads us to another. Uh, a list here of historical failed uh, three consecutive championships. So I love that Riley coined the term, trademarked the term, didn't or didn't coin the term, but trademarked the term, didn't do it with the Lakers, and then didn't do it with the Heat as well. It's, it is good. Yes, it's 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 quite uh, it's it's perfect actually. It's it's I, it's not even ironic. It's just fucking perfect that Riley would be in that, that situation. Yes, I, I do enjoy the fact that uh, you know he did not. Um, the, the, the fact that he did not succeed. I, I always enjoy reveling in Pet Riley's failures. So that's a absolutely uh, that's nice for us. Yes. So um, there have been uh, there have been five teams in history that have been able to accomplish the three championships in a row. Um, success. So uh, they they are <laughs> before we get into the failures, we should get into the successes. The f- yeah, of course. The first are the Minneapolis Lakers from fifty two to fifty four. Uh, the Boston Celtics from 59 to 66. Of course, that's eight in a yeah, row. Eight in a row. You can, just pick whatever one. Yeah, you <laughs> pick, pick them. Pick any three out of those. I get, you know, <laughs> yeah. They did it uh, twice, almost three times, actually. Uh, yeah. The Chicago Bulls from 91 to 93. The Chicago Bulls again from 96 to 98. And then the Los Angeles Lakers from 2000 to 2002. So 
but this is not about their success. This is about failure. So no, uh, this is all about failure on yes. this show. Yes. <laughs> it's all about poking fun at the guys who couldn't do it. But yeah, we'll start here with the Minneapolis Lakers, nineteen fifty-one. Uh, we're including these Lakers under protest because they did win three in a row uh, with the nineteen forty-eight NBL title. But official NBA history, uh, as we mentioned many times on the show, does not include that accomplishment because the NBA is petty and weird. Uh, so they merely won the nineteen forty-nine BAA title, the nineteen fifty NBA title. And then the 1952 and 54 NBA titles, as mentioned above. Uh, Rich, so, Rich, one one, one thing. I, I, uh, I, I would have to say that the NBA was petty and weird, and now they're merely indifferent. So, Okay, all right, important. all right. I'll, yeah. I'll allow that. Yeah. yeah, I guess now they're just like, I, I don't think like Adam Silver is like, no, we're not counting the NBA. <laughs> like, right. I'm sure he doesn't care. No. He just doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a little bit different there. So, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, the pettiness is gone, and now just the ignorance is, is there, which yeah. is, is, is fine. You're like, you'll, you know, whatever. I get it. Sure. But, um... So we're going to kind of the, the format we're going to look at here. We're going to look at the team, uh, the background, uh, any roster changes and then the results, obviously, of what happened. And then maybe the reasons why uh, things didn't quite uh, go their way for that third year to get that final of the three. But um, roster changes to the Lakers, not much. They had their key cogs, uh, George Mikan, Vern Mickelson, Jim Pollard, Slater Martin. They were all there. Uh, they did lose veterans Hearn Schaefer and Don Swede Carlson. But that may have been one of the issues, but probably not enough. Uh, the result, they lost to the Rochester Royals three to one in the Western Division Finals. Uh, and this was one bit of glory for these Royals uh, against the Lakers because Minneapolis had beaten the Royals for the 1948 NBL title um, and in 1949 and 1950 in the playoffs and would later beat them in 52 and 54. So the Royals did not get a whole lot over on the Lakers, but this one time they were able to do it to uh, stop the three in a row. Uh, the Royals had had to satisfy themselves with merely the uh, 1946 NBL and 1951 NBA titles, uh, but they likely could have won a lot a lot more if George Mikan never existed, but George Mikan unfortunately existed, so the Lakers were good. So yeah, and then also um, Mikan's uh, the Chicago American Gears uh, in 1947 also beat the Royals for the title, so he was the bane of their existence even outside of the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he they just couldn't get away from this guy, unfortunately. So yes, and uh, and really the reason for this is uh, Mikan you know, broke his leg before the 1951 uh, Western Division Finals. Uh, and this was, of course, a series in which they were playing the Royals. So, uh, Mike and later recalled that his leg was taped with the plate and that he was barely able to move, although he still did average 23.8 points per game in this series. Uh, the Royals had a much more balanced attack. Uh, Arnie Risen, their big man, uh, led the team with 18.3 points per game, but four other Royals averaged in double figures for the season. Uh, they did, in fact, go on to win the NBA championship against the Knicks, although they almost blew a 3-0 lead in doing so, winning the series in, in seven games. Uh, luckily, blowing a 3-0 lead is not trademark. We don't think so. We're not. No one's going to be asking for any money based on our de- de- description of that. Uh, and also, the Royals and Kings franchise has not won a championship or even been to the finals since this happened. So I don't know if there's some sort of curse going on here with you know the curse of Mike and breaking his leg. That's the reason you won your championship. But um, I don't know. We'll have to... <laughs> Dig into that weather. Let's see if there uh, that fits anywhere in the uh, the, the cursed legends. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 1970 Boston Celtics, our next failed uh, three in a row here. Uh, roster changes. Uh, these are pretty big. Uh, 11-time champion Bill Russell retired, and 10-time champion Sam Jones also retired. So, yeah, that's going to uh, cause some issues there. Uh, major additions were rookies uh, JoJo White and journeyman center, or, or rookie JoJo White and journeyman center uh, Hank Finkel, who is a bit of a punchline in Celtics history. Uh, and, of course, uh, Coach Tommy Heinsohn came in as well. He replaced uh, the retiring Bill Russell. Uh, the result, the Celtics finished 36 and 46, missed the playoffs for the first time since 1950. It's 1970, by the way. First time since 1950. Um, 
you know, obviously losing the greatest winner in NBA history and replacing him with Hank Finkel, it's probably going to hurt, and it did. Uh, Celtics had expected Russell to remain with the team one more year, and a surprise retirement came after the draft, in which they likely would have chosen a center. Uh, and there was some some issue as well that uh, you you had mentioned in these notes here that uh, Sports Illustrated talks about. Um, or he did it. He retired in a Sports uh, Illustrated announcement. He did that for money. Uh, they said because he re- he announced it in the magazine, announced that we had the scoop on this Bill Russell retirement rather than telling the Celtics and Auerbach personally. So always a little bit of resentment there uh, in terms of stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of came out of surprise, uh, came out of left field. That he retired when he did. Uh, top remaining players on the roster were John Havlicek, Satch Sanders, Don Nelson, Larry Siegfried, Bailey Howell, and M. Bryant. So they had, still had some pretty guys. Those guys were all between uh, 29 and 33. Um So kind of still in the primes, but some of the guys were a little bit older. Of course, yeah, Havlicek. Um you know, would, would end up having some better years coming up in the in the future. But I don't know, it just didn't quite, yeah, they, they, were, they weren't the powerhouse they were before. I mean, they definitely lost a lot of talent there with Jones and, and, and uh, Russell. Uh, and White and Don Chaney were in uh, relatively limited roles, and they wouldn't really emerge until the next season. Uh, and that's when rookie Dave Cowens would join the team, and then, of course, lead them to a 68-win season in 1973, uh, and then titles in 74 and 76. So they wouldn't be down for long, uh, but they were down here and unfortunately could not... Uh, Get another championship, but it's fine. They probably could have shared a few, so it's okay. Yeah, they should have shared. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, next, we go to the uh, the nineteen eighty nine Lakers, um, where and this is of course that as we talked about, where the origins of the term the the term we're not going to say uh, began. Um, and in terms of roster changes, not a whole lot. Uh, Kurt Rambis uh, departed for the Charlotte Hornets, where he would score a career high eleven point one points per game because yeah, somebody has to score points. So, um, and then the, um, they had their, their major assignee was Orlando Woolrich who had battled addiction issues over the previous handful of seasons, uh, was a good and talented player when, uh, he was not dealing with that, but unfortunately, um, did he, uh, ended up contributing okay during the season though, mm-hmm. you know, he ended up be, being a good, you know, he was basically the eighth man of the team. So, you know, he didn't play a whole lot, but he averaged 20 minutes per game and, you know, was, um, you know, relatively effective in the role that he had. I think this was kind of one year where he was able to do that. And then uh, he ended up leaving the team uh, soon afterward. Uh, yeah, no, Warwick uh, is a player that kind of gets lost to time a lot of it. I mean, cause uh, obviously the addiction issues happen and also was a good player for the Chicago Bulls. And then they drafted a guy named Michael Jordan and then they didn't really need a line of Warwick anymore. So it, uh, he kind of gets lost in that cause the buzz saw of Michael Jordan kind of came through and, and sent him away, but no, he was a solid contributor for a lot of years. And then obviously was good on this team as well, uh, in, in his later uh, days as well. So yeah, he, uh, he's a guy that I think probably doesn't get the, the right amount of credit. And of course the, the addiction issues definitely play a, play a huge issue with that as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, the result was that they were swept in the NBA Finals by the Detroit Pistons. This was a year after ha- having defeated them in seven games for their back-to-back championships. Uh, and and really, you know, the I, I think the the big problem is we, you know, I, I think we've talked about before. Uh, they traded Mike Smrek before the season began, and obviously, right? You, you, Come on, you Smrek, <laughs> you're you know. not going to win a title when you trade Mike Smrek. Yeah, what are you doing? It, it's it's Riley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right. Well, I, I honestly, that's probably Jerry West's fault right there. That, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. really not, you know, that's, we can't blame, as much as we would like to, I don't think we can blame that <laughs> one directly it. All right. on, All right. you know, Fine. yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, the, um, yeah, the, the contributions, the, the 8.8 minutes per game that they gotten from Mike Smeck, you know, was, was, he was the guy <laughs> who really led them to the 88 championship. He was really the, 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 the straw that stirred the drink, so to speak. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, when you think of Showtime, you think of Mike Smeck. So it's yeah, like, he's yeah, the first. It, it, yeah, he's know, the first. He's synonymous. Yeah. Kar- Kareem second, Magic Johnson third. Yeah. Mike Smeck, definitely number one. So, <laughs> yes. So, 
and it's weird because the 89 team actually, the 88 team kind of struggled into the playoffs because they won their final three series all in seven games. But the 89 team just totally marched through the first round, uh, well, the first three rounds, rather. They they swept all the way through. And um, the Lakers going into the series were seen as probably the favorites over the Pistons, who had had a tougher time in the uh, in the playoffs in this rematch. Um, but... Uh, yeah, Pat Riley had a because they had extra time while they were waiting for the um, Pistons to complete their series. So uh, Pat Riley had a extremely grueling, uh, basically like a mini camp of uh, you know putting them putting the Lakers through the paces and and uh, having lots of you know extra running sessions and extra you know physical conditioning things and all time and. Lakers getting a little bit long on the tooth during this point, and um, By- Byron Scott was hurt during those uh, during that session and, and missed this entire series. Uh, Magic Johnson w- was injured in Game Two and barely played for the rest of the series, and the uh, the Lakers were unable to um, overcome that despite having one last game of glory from uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Game Three, and uh, and ended up of course being swept despite the series the games in the series being relatively close they you know were a, a one-sided series overall absolutely and we, we've uh, if you want some more detail about this series we uh, we did a show i think two years ago or maybe last year forget when uh whatever the yeah no two years ago because it was when the uh the warriors were 11 and 1 in the in the playoffs or went you know we're looking to go undefeated throughout the entire um no it was last year right yeah it was last year when when they were looking to go undefeated throughout the entire playoffs we talked about other teams that were undefeated going up into the finals or whatever and this we went into great detail about uh this this infamous practice and these practice sessions that uh Got the Lakers all hurt and tired and 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 dropped down. But uh, keep it keep keep in mind they swept in the NBA Finals. Swept is going to be a theme for the next you know <laughs> few years and next few teams we talk about here. Swept. Uh, keep that in mind as we talk about these. Uh, 1991 Detroit Pistons. Uh, some minor changes to this team. Uh, for the most part, they remained stable. They signed Tree Rollins, Gerald Henderson, and some other vets. But they were hardly X factors. Like pretty much they ran it back uh, exactly what they had before. The result though. They were swept in the Eastern Conference Finals by the Chicago Bulls. Uh, up and down team throughout the year. Uh, they won 50 games, but it was obviously the worst of the, of their teams, and it felt like the dynasty or w- was kind of shrinking a little bit. Their their power had seemed to kind of go away. They they were the team that was so you know everybody feared them, and they were just you know rough and tumble. And the Detroit Bad Boys. It just seemed to kind of be done by this time. It felt like nobody really feared them anymore. Obviously, Michael Jordan emerging and and, and finally being able to beat them definitely put a, a a damper on all that as well. But yeah, they were up and down. They posted nine game win drink in November uh, and they finished the the first month of the season with a 13 and two record so it looked like things were going pretty well then they would lose six of the next seven games in early December midway through the season they'd win 11 games so they were on a roller coaster like they'd get through these streaks and they'd lose a lot and they'd win and they lose and they lose and it didn't really quite work uh, Isaiah Thomas he played just 48 games this season due to a wrist injury uh, and overall though they were fine the Bulls just were a lot better and the Bulls were of course going to go and, and bust all their way into the NBA Finals and, and win a title they were just better and they were ready to assume their spot at the top of the league uh, Jordan scored 29.8 points per game in the series against Detroit. Uh, Pippen added 22. And pretty much the Bulls were better in every single statistical category. If you look at them, assists, rebounds, field goal percentage, three-point, everything. They were just better in everything than the Pistons, and it wasn't even close. Uh, famously, towards the end of the loss uh, in Game 4 to the Bulls, most of the Pistons players walked off the court towards the locker room without congratulating their opponents or shaking hands. Uh, concocted, uh, famously, by Isaiah Thomas and Bill Ambeer in response to comments made by Michael Jordan about the Pistons' physical play uh, being bad for basketball. Uh, uh, he said, um, and and this is a quote from uh, Isaiah Thomas or De- Dennis Rodman, rather, which is kind of funny given you know where Dennis Rodman would would be in a 
few years. He says, I'm not giving the Bulls any credit. All they did was complain the whole time. You're bad for basketball. You shouldn't even be here. Michael Jordan's a top star in the NBA. Why doesn't he buy the team? He has all the money. This team's worth about $200 million. Why doesn't he buy it and change the organization if he's that good? They still haven't proved anything. They've got to win about five or six championships <laughs> before they're a great team, but they could just go home now and rest in peace because the world is safe again. Life without the Pistons is safe. So Dennis obviously taking it pretty well and challenging Michael Jordan to win five or six championships, and they did. So I guess Dennis, yeah. you know, and he played a part in those. So it's funny how, you know, it's, things It's funny how, how things, yes. Well, it's funny how many of the bad boys ended up um, playing, you know, with Michael Jordan toward the end of their Yeah, career. Blue Edwards. Yeah. Uh, Blue Edwards would show up at one point. Rodman would be there. Um, yeah. James Edwards, right? That, or James, yeah, yeah. James Edwards. Uh, yeah, yeah. John Sally. Um, when there's somebody else too, I feel like there was one of them. Maybe not. I feel like there's another yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Robin. I guess those were the three. So never mind. Uh, so yes. Um, yeah. And definitely this uh, Pistons team getting a little bit long in the tooth. I mean, you look at their top seven players. Uh, the only guy who's younger than 29 is Joe Dumars and uh, Isaiah and Rodman are both 29. Lambeer's 33. Vinnie Johnson's 34. James Edwards 35. And Mark Aguirre's 31. So yeah, I mean, these guys were just, yeah, they were, you know it's as you know we're gonna see here um it gets it gets a lot harder to keep you know winning titles over and over again that's that's why this the three in a row has only happened you know relatively small amount of times because uh it it just it becomes a grind it becomes hard it's tough you know these guys get older and you know deep playoff runs take a lot of miles on it it's it's mentally tougher it's all that stuff yeah and the other problem too and 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 we'll we'll discuss it with a lot of these guys because there's really you you don't get big roster changes either because you're not like you don't want to be the team that trades away like maybe the Pistons should have traded Bill Lambeer for somebody you know what I mean like but no you're not going to do that you're not going to do that as you're like approaching your third you're not going to go and trade one of the the peak guys and try to you know re you know rejigger the thing and we'll talk about the heat later with the you know, the third heat team, like maybe they should have went out and acquired somebody else, but they stuck with the same victory that they had because you're not going to change anything. Like, you know, you're, you'd be a, a pariah if you were like, yeah, no, we traded uh, Charles Barkley. Like, or you're like, we traded Kim Olajuwon for the next team we're going to talk about. Like you can't do that. Like you can't. And, and yeah, so a lot of these we talk about, they're just going to run the same team back. And, and it, there's a good chance that to get to that point where you won three in a row, you had to be together for quite a few years. You had to build up a little bit of stamina and like, yeah, you're not in that third time going to go and trade somebody, you know, or, or, or try to re redo the entire roster or bring somebody new in or whatever. You mostly just run it back. And, and that, becomes an issue a lot of times you need to always kind of be on your toes and and ready to sort of get get some new life into the team and they just there, there's there's a reason why you don't do it and i get why you don't do it you try to you know just bring the same team back but uh didn't quite work there, but uh, we'll talk about the 1996 Houston Rockets right now. Uh, the biggest change in the offseason were those trash-ass uniforms they went to. Uh, we've talked about them many times before, and they are the worst uniforms in the history of uh, the league. Uh, Rockets got a full rebrand, new colors, new uniforms, and a new logo, uh, which is actually unveiled aboard a spaceship, making it even more lame. Uh, a fan ca- uh, contest with over 5,000 entries, the team went with the idea of Missouri City artist Thomas Nash of a rocket orbiting a basketball, which was then reworked by Houston designer Chris Hill. As you could say, that's kind of weird. And Nash would later sue the Rockets for breach of contract, given they were using his idea despite not paying him the contest prize. That sucks. Like, yeah. like oh, that's a good idea. Thank you, sir. Uh, we're going to have this guy kind of slightly redo it and then just take it. Like, Don't have a contest if you're just going to screw the guy over. Jeez. So those things were doomed from the start. But uh, yeah, the NBA suggested that the identity should follow a cartoon-inspired imagery that other teams had adopted during the 1990s. Leaning away rocket painted with a shark nose, uh, shark mouth nose art orbiting a basketball, and they absolutely fucking sucked. So uh, we did an episode, one of our early episodes, about 1999 being the worst season in Jersey history, and I think we named these. I don't know if we did we name these the number one or the number two. I think those Pistons abortions I, I, may have been number one. I, I, I think you and I may have differed on that at, at the time, but uh, yeah, okay. it, it's really um, you know it's, it's really a toss up in my mind. So. 
they're all they're all so bad and they're like like a lot of times like people now like teams will bring back these 90s uniforms and people are like oh I, I like that or they're at that you know that's cool it's retro no I, I don't think anybody wants to see these ever again I've never met anybody that likes like yeah I like how the pinstripes just stop midway through I like how they're like weird colors I like how the orbiting like it's just it's all bad it's all terrible I, 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 so I, I think I've seen John Wilms defend them but beyond that I um, I, 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 well, I know, know where he lives so I'm gonna go find him <laughs> <laughs> alright that's I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you said that now I can uh I can look at him very differently the next time I see him. All right, but, well, uh, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, that's, that's understandable. Yeah, yeah. I, no, this is. I, I think if you're a certain age, it's like Space Jam. You have some fondness for just the these this era in general in terms of the look and stuff. But yeah, uh, if um, if you're not, from but that you're era, an idiot. But like, but like, if you like Space Jam, you're just an idiot and you're wrong. So that's, <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna be that harsh, Rich. But you, you're the right age yeah. for that. So I feel like you. Can, I should be. I'm the target audience. Yeah. I think these stink. I, I hated them in the day. Yeah. I hated them even then. I was just like, these are really weird. And the problem, too, is, like, you win two titles with the one, and then you have the third. You know, you come back with these things, and that's like, yes. you know, that's they deserve to lose. But sure. that was, I mean, the NBA, I mean, when people are like, oh, why did Houston do it? We talked about it again during, I believe, that episode, is that the Rockets were, like, told, you know, many years ago that we wanted to rebrand every, you know, every team needed kind of a slight rebrand or whatever, unless you were a legacy franchise like the Celtics or the Lakers or something like that. So every team had to kind of feel it, and even those teams had some slight changes as well. So the NBA suggested they do this many years ago. They had the plan ready to go before they knew they were going to win back-to-back titles or whatever. It just right. so happened. And they were like, ah, crap, I guess we have to. I mean, obviously, yeah, it would have made sense to kind of have the same uniforms. But in some ways, it makes sense, too, is while you're at your peak popularity, reveal these new uniforms. They're very 90s. They're very all this sort of stuff. And you read anything about them. Like at the time, everybody thought they were kind of cool and everybody thought they were, they kind of worked. But, you know, they they are they are definitely of their era of 1996. But uh, the result of the 1996 Houston Rockets, as we said in the theme, they were swept by the Seattle Supersonics in the Western Conference semifinals. Um the Rockets got off to a fast start this year. They won 10 of their first 11 games, uh, but they were a very old team, and it began to show offense fall from 7th best in the league to 12th, uh, while defense slipped from 12th to 14th. So it was just little slips here and there, uh, but mostly injuries would be an issue all year. Clyde Drexler, Sam Cassell, Mario Ellie were all out for long stretches. Uh, and the clinching game in Seattle, uh, or for Seattle, I should say, featured some of the patented Rockets magic uh, that had f- really helped them out for the past two years. We had talked about uh, uh, this Rockets team many, many times before, but yeah, I mean, they they felt like they were about to get eliminated many times. They felt like they were just not going to be a title team and would some way shape or form make it there we talked about the 95 team by mid-season they were just kind of like at 500 and then they get like a a good run there was just like wild shots and wild games and wild plays that made it but this felt like the magic finally had run out seattle had blown a 20 point second half lead uh, and used a 9-0 run in overtime to hold on for the 114 107 victory and complete the sweep of the back-to-back championships but um Sean Kemp was very uh, complimentary of Houston afterwards. He said they haven't won championships by giving up. They held their composure and fought back. It got a little scared at the end. Fortunately, we regained our composure in that overtime. And uh, this is interesting, too, because in the past prior two seasons, I mentioned that Houston Magic, Houston had won eight playoff games in which it faced elimination. Eight times when they faced elimination, they won and staved off elimination, which is just crazy. But unfortunately, they could not do it a nine time and unfortunately failed in their quest for the old uh, three consecutive championships thing repeated. (laughs) So next we have our our, not our final entry. We have two more entries. Our uh, more recent entry, the uh, 2011 Los Angeles Lakers. And um, they, of course, won their uh, back to back championships in 09 and uh, 10 uh, against Orlando and Boston. And uh, in terms of roster changes, not huge differences. They had they added Steve Blake and they traded uh, Sasha Vujicic in December. Otherwise, you pretty much ran it back. 
the results, uh, another sweep. They were uh, they were decimated by the uh, Dallas Mavericks, and boy was that a stomping too. That was oh, uh, that, that was <laughs> yeah. just an incredible um, beatdown in that series where the it felt like the Mavericks made like. 80% of their uh, three-pointers. Although, yeah. it, interestingly enough, there, there were two very tight games in that series. And game one was only by two points, and uh, game three was by um, was by six points. But especially that game four, um, uh, that was uh, that that was an incre- a, a 122 to one to 86 uh, beatdown. Uh, and, and I think the lead was, you know, like, was close to 40 points at one point in that game. Oh, it was. That yeah, was yeah. I think yeah. I think the Lakers, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the Lakers had like 35 in the fourth. Or, but it didn't. I mean, the, the Mavs were just like, Jason Kidd was just twirling the ball on his fingers. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like nothing was was happening. No, that series is nuts because Jason Kidd, I think, made 40 out of 41 threes. Uh, Peja Stoyakovich <laughs> made 30 out of 31. Uh, Jason Terry made all 45 of his threes. Like they, they just never missed. The Mavericks never missed an entire time, which is nuts because the Lakers were prided on their on their defense. I mean, with obviously with, with, with uh, you know, Kobe, Still being a pretty good defender at that time, Agasol being an okay defender at the time, Artesta or Metal World Peace at that point being a good, but yeah, just uh, Lamar Odom, of course, being kind of the do everything uh, defender and, and, and offensive player. But yeah, they just got beat down. Uh, they they went down 0-3 in the series, couldn't recover. As you said, they closed them out with a 122-86 victory. Uh, the Mavericks made a playoff record tying 23s in that game. I'm sure that has been broken many times since then, but in 2011, 23s in the game was uh, novel and ridiculous. But uh, now Steph Curry does it in every game, and nobody cares. But uh, the Mavericks bench uh, scored the same as the whole Lakers roster, the Mavericks bench had 86 points that game, which is, it was just insane. It was just absolutely nuts. Uh, Lamar Odom and Andrew Bynum were also ejected uh, for flagrant fouls on Dirk Nowinski and JJ Barea. Of course, the Bynum one on Barea is probably the most famous. And the Lakers win over the Lakers was the largest margin of victory in a game that clinched a sweep in the playoffs. So it was just a remarkable, huge win for the Lakers, uh, the Mavericks, I should say, on an end of an era for, uh, uh, Phil Jackson as well, who was diagnosed with prostate cancer in March uh, and announced his retirement as head coach after the playoffs. But unfortunately, there was the next thing. So that uh, was not the end of Phil Jackson, but uh, the end of Phil Jackson's success, I should say, in the NBA because uh, uh, the Lakers yeah. thing, or the, the Knicks thing was a, <laughs> was a thing. So Yes. Uh, worth noting that Jason... Joe Kim Noah. Worth noting that Jason Terry was nine of ten in uh, from three in that game, and see, and, 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 and Peja was six of six. Jason Kidd actually, see, I said nobody missed. Jason Kidd was actually only one of five, and Deshaun Stevenson were only one of five, but didn't really matter because everyone else was amazing uh, in that uh, in, in that series. Yeah, that, that I mean, Peja, like Peja was not even in the league. It was just like he, he showed up that game and just shot three. So right. I was like, okay, here's yeah. Peja Stoyakovich. I, I didn't even know Peja was on this team, but here you go. Like, I don't think he was on the team. Like, I think he just showed up and they're like, oh, yeah. he was just like sitting in the fourth row. They're like, hey, Peja, you want to get in here? He's like, all right, yeah. cool. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> uh, no, he was like amazing the entire playoff run. Right. For oh, yeah. To Peja Stoyakovich. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, oh, wait, Peja is still in the league? Oh, Peja is great. And then he was gone again. He was right. just like, that, you know, that, was, like, that was the end. Just an enigma. Yeah. yeah. Just a one year enigma of Peja Stoyakovich. Yeah. So. In retrospect, that Mavericks team was so fun. It didn't last, obviously, they didn't last very long, but uh, but that was really, yeah, all those guys on that team had not won a championship, and that was like a really, you know, uh, that was a really fun team to, um, to, to to follow into uh yeah they of course they upset set the heat in those finals but yeah beating the beating the big three heat I mean yeah it was awesome yeah. after so many years I mean I, I I I sort of because I was I was a huge Mavericks fan growing up like I sort of took it a little bit you know I I I it, personally I thought it was great and awesome or whatever but I, it was really because I mean there was just like yeah like you said there was a lot of guys hadn't won titles before it was kind of a ragtag bunch but like everybody sort of emerged like you saw Jason Kidd rework his game you saw Peja Starakovich you know just resurrect his career and become a a guy and I think what's also cool too is when you look at like the 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 
bench of uh, like in, in terms of like the coaches or whatnot. Obviously, you have Rick Carlisle being the, the head coach, but you have Dwayne Casey as an assistant coach. Terry Stotts is an assistant coach. You get Brad Davis is like the you know the former Mavericks players, a uh, uh, player development guy. You have Daryl Armstrong there. Like it's just really cool. A lot of the 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 guys that end up kind of emerging and 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 breaking out from that as well. And then you have yeah, like uh, just a super deep two with Karan Butler, Sean Marion, and Tyson Chandler. It's just like how they bring this team together. It's just like it, it's just a real fun deep team. They go like seventeen or eighteen deep with guys that are like okay or at least you know playable or whatnot so it's it's, it's pretty cool in that sense so I, I like that team a lot so yeah. and our final uh selection here the uh, 2014 um miami heat and um they didn't make a lot of major roster changes they waived mike miller in the offseason which was something that upset lebron james quite a bit uh they signed michael beasley and they acquired tony douglas in january um the other signee is they they brought back uh, Greg Oden um, in the, uh, the who had been out of the league for a few years. They brought him in as kind of a reclamation project. Uh, it was sort of a good emotional boost for the team, but on the court he didn't really play that much. He only played twenty three games and nine point two minutes per uh, game. But outside of that, they was you know the kind of the same. Of course, LeBron, Wade, uh, Bosh, Mario Chalmers. Um, Ray Allen, uh, Shane Battier, uh, Birdman, Richard Lewis. I, I, I think Richard Lewis had played the year before, so he was part. Of, he, mm-hmm. he was coming from the second year, but basically similar roster. Redonis Haslam, James Jones, uh, all those guys. Kind of there were. I think the thing with this team is there were a lot of guys uh, like Wade only played fifty four games, and there were a lot of guys who only played like s- small parts of the season. So so I, even though they it was the larger the same names, it was a lot of guys who were in and out. Yeah, and and like we said, like it had become kind of a veteran team, like and that that led to a lot of su- their success is that they were you know grabbing you know because you have three guys that were taking up a lot of the contracts, it would be veterans that just wanted to get one more title, they would kind of jump in. So you had guys like Rashard Lewis, who was obviously still a good player, but you know you, those were the type of guys you were going to get, and it all worked you know the the prior two years, but in this year it was a little tough because they were all getting old, and as you said, Wade was starting to feel his age, and and and, and Bosch as well missed some games, and and it just yeah, LeBron was still was still great and and, and awesome, but he just couldn't do it enough and he just couldn't do it by himself but uh nba finals rematch here with uh, san antonio which is pretty interesting as well who they had beaten the prior year in one of the best series of all time this is of course the ray allen game and all that sort of stuff uh 12th finals rematch but only the fifth since the aba nba merger in 1976 uh this time around though not a sweep san antonio instead won four to one so close but not quite there uh as you said uh age had really caught up with the heat and it seemed like way in the heat bench were really ineffective during large portions of the finals ray allen had also slowed down too and while he was still he was still efficient overall he had become pretty marginalized at this point and was almost just exclusively a spot-up shooter, which was fine. But, like, yeah, this is a guy who probably could have offered a little bit more, but at this point was just kind of, like, stand in the corner and shoot threes guy. Uh, so that kind of hurt. Uh, also, the Spurs were just really goddamn good, too. I think that probably plays a huge part in it. Uh, they won the final three games by an average of 19 points, and they outscored playoff opponents by 214 points in that entire season. That's a playoff record as well. Uh, the emergence of Kawhi, Wenner, uh, Kawhi Leonard as well was a huge deal. Yeah, so uh, Leonard was uh, 22 years old at this point. He becomes the youngest finals MVP since uh, Tim Duncan, ironically enough, in 1999. And he's the fourth youngest overall. Magic Johnson won it twice while younger. But I think that's a huge part. The, the emergence of Kawhi Leonard combined with the, the 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 Spurs playing a different brand of basketball than what they had really, what a lot of people had thought they were for, for a while, too. This was kind of the beginning of the, the fast Spurs, you know, in terms of them playing up and down basketball. Tony Parker being kind of the, the accelerator of things, uh, Manage Nobly uh, being able to run up and down the court. This isn't your boring, you know, quote-unquote boring Spurs of the, the early 
early 2000s. This is a run and gun, sort of the beautiful game spurs, as, as many people call them. I think Kirk Goldsberry, who ended up working for them, uh, ended up calling them that. And, and little did we know this would kind of become the emerging style, one of the emerging styles of the NBA is a lot of what they were doing here. So this is like when Tim Duncan wouldn't even pass half court half the time because <laughs> he didn't need to because they would like Leonard would steal it, pass it to Parker, Parker would pass it to Ginobili, and they'd just score. And it's like, ah, I'm good. I'll just stand over here. It's cool. But uh, no, they were obviously an awesome team and just completely blew away the competition, including the Heat, who, as you said, were slowing down, uh, were getting older, and it just kind of all worked pretty well. Uh, Heat coach uh, Eric Spolstra after the, uh, the the win said they played exquisite basketball in this series, and in particular the last three games. They are the better team. There was no other way to say it. They played great basketball, and we couldn't respond to it. And uh, LeBron, after the game, said we lost one finals, we won two, and we lost another one. We'll take 50% in four years in a championship any day. Obviously, we want to win them all, but that's just the nature of the game. Not proud of the way we played in this series. So that was uh, LeBron's quote after that. But uh, yeah, they ran into uh, a, a good Spurs team and unfortunately could not do it. So Pats could not make money off of yet another three consecutive championships thing yes. <laughs> repeated. Right. Yeah, no, he, he, he did not do that. So, yeah. So obviously, you know, we're at a point where you know, the whole reason we're doing the show is because the Golden State Warriors have uh, have won two championships in a row and now they have a chance to, in fact, go for a three beat. Oh, oh no, we, we, we wait, saved up. No, no, we have we have two more. We have one more to go. Oh, so you're good. All right. Oh, shoot. OK. All right. Yeah, we're good. Oh. We've only used one. I used my one at the beginning. All right. We were good the entire time. I really thought like oh, I told man. the line there with the uh, three consecutive Pete's, sure. <laughs> you know, on the, yeah. on the, uh, the right. Chicago billboard. But I think we're good on that. So yeah. I think we're only at two. So and, you can close out the show with one more if you really want to give it to him. Maybe, maybe we can close out the show and then just say it. And then after and then just that's it. I don't right, know. We'll, it's up we'll to see you. what happens. <laughs> maybe, if we should, maybe if we say it and then we shut down the show, nothing will happen. There will be no, no contest. Right, right. All right. Well, if we want to see, I mean, I'll pers- I personally do not want to see him in my mirror. So it's up to you yeah. if you want that. Like. Well, I don't want to see it. I mean, it's possible he may just haunt the show himself. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. But, well, um, well, let's let's talk a little bit before we worry about that. Let's let's talk a little bit about what we think the chances of the Warriors, in fact, uh, accomplishing this goal. Uh, very good. <laughs> Given how they're playing, uh, they are a good team. Uh, they are better than everybody else. They look like they are on fire right now, barring like a major injury to Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, where they collide and like both of them are out for the season. Like, I I don't know, man. It's it looks they look really good this year. And Houston falls back. Yeah. Um. You got. I mean, you obviously have like some teams in the East, but it just feels like nobody is is at their level the right Raptors, now. Raptors, maybe. I don't. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah. They, they'd be fun. Collide, I mean, it, so yeah, they'd be fun to see Kawhi try to ruin another one of these. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. They look they look really good. And it's like we talked about a lot of times where, where you have these teams. And, and one of the big reasons why is because they don't add to the roster. They they get a little bit older. This team feels like they're just in their peak right now. And they keep adding like new good players to the roster. So it ends up being like their issue is they kind of have to cycle through bench guys. But they it, it feels like every new collection of random bench guys are because like now like Jonas Jarepko is like good. Like what the hell? Like, come on. Yeah. They, they, they just find Jonas Jarepko, who I didn't even know was still around. And then he's just like a good contributor. You know, they get, you know, Anderson Verge off a traffic heap and he's fine. He's good. And well, it's he, just like, he, he kind of hurt them in those finals. But oh, that's right. No, he sucked. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah, right. You're was, right. I forgot that. Good, he sucked. But, yeah. but the other guy, I mean, obviously, you know, they've gotten Sean Livingston, you know, wh- who people thought he was done and he's been good for a long time. You know, they, they've managed to get other guys. You know, even Nick Young was OK last year. Um, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and they, they've been able to sort of develop younger players. You know, Kevon Looney. Omri Caspi. Omri Caspi to, well, was one, yeah. yeah, Caspi. Yeah. He was bad, too, though. He, was not, he <laughs> wasn't so good, no. But, uh, but you know, like Damian Jones. But they, they got some younger guys in there who are contributing at least at some level. Um, that'll help. Because they are, you know, Durant and Curry are 30. Clay and, and Green are 28. Iguodala is 35. And, 
Livingston's 33. So, I mean, they definitely are kind of getting up there. I mean, the the main four guys are still young enough where, like, you know, um, I don't expect them to tire out anytime soon, but, you know, certainly possible. You know, we know, know what's going to happen this season. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, they kind of slowed down last year, but so far in, you know, we're about 10, 11 games in the season, they are a juggernaut, and that can just happen early. They could definitely tire out and slow down or get less interested or whatever. I, I just don't see, like, another team that's ready to, you know, really knock them off i mean you know you could say the celtics or the sixers in 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 and maybe this year but you know more likely in a a couple years that's those are likely to be the teams that could do it or you know maybe the timberwolves eventually get together or you know one of the younger teams out west the nuggets or somebody but um but but yeah i mean it's right now it's it's looking like it, it, it could be dare i say it dare i say the word should i say it rich should I say a four it? Yeah, you're right. They they could definitely win four in a row and get a four p. Four p. So I think. Oh, uh, a four p. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, four p. Oh, well, no, you were talking about three in a row. Okay, I see. A three in a row. It it could be. It could be a three p. Yes, it could. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. I actually have not followed if like they answered any questions or if any of their branding says anything about that. I think like now you don't want to necessarily do that as much because it it, it, it feels kind of weird. But I'm sure they get asked it. But I, I have to see if like Clay has said anything about the three, you know, the three in a row or whatnot, and see if uh, it, it it's been in quotes. I know it's been used in headlines and stuff, but I don't know if uh, wonder if they've personally used it at all or, or even mentioned it. So it'll be a uh, fun yeah. to check out. But uh, yeah, no, they look they look really good. <laughs> so it'll be funny to see uh, how how it goes throughout the the, the playoffs. But yeah, they look like interested. Again. Again, and, and there was like times last year where they weren't interested, but then the playoffs came and then they were interested again and, and sure. it's still pretty good. Yeah. Other than the Houston series, the Houston series felt like the first time that they were really challenged. And of course, you know, barring a Chris Paul injury, they may have not, you know, been knocked off or whatever. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, they, they it looks like there's just nobody. Uh, and they obviously don't have to deal with LeBron in the East anymore. Uh, I guess they have to kind of deal with LeBron in the West. But maybe. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think that's a thing, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe in the first round, they'll have to deal with LeBron in the West. But, right, right. But <laughs> yeah, are they worried about that? And not, I don't think as much anymore. So yeah. no, no, I think they're, they, they moved on from that. So yeah, this is definitely. I mean, it's going to be, uh, it feels like it, it really does. It feels like the first time since 2002 that we're going to see one of these. So uh, we'll, we'll see how the season we'll see goes. How it goes. All right. Well, thanks everyone for uh, checking us out. Looks like no consequences for the fact that we said the word three times. So um, uh, not yet. I'm about to go uh, take a shower. So I will report back okay. uh, if it appears in my uh, in my right. mirror. Do a special um, bonus episode, you know, Um but yes, from the shower. Yeah, I will. Right. Uh, I'll do from that. The shower. So I'm gonna That's grab my phone. I'm gonna grab my phone. Get in the shower. <laughs> do that. So. Sounds pretty hot, Rich. Um, I'll be live streaming that. Yeah, it will. It will yeah. definitely be hot. I can assure yeah. you that. Uh, yeah, I that. Um, I'll live stream it. Um, all right. So you, you all can, right. Well, can, look forward to that link. possibility. Uh, everyone else can find us on uh, <laughs> iTunes or Stitcher wherever you listen to your, your podcasts. Uh, leave us a rating and review. Uh, it helps people find the show and makes us feel good about ourselves. Uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook at Over and Back NBA. So uh, you can uh, you can leave feedback there. If if Pat Riley haunts your dreams, you can let us know about that as well. And um, yeah, find us at uh, at the Step Back uh, at Fansided uh, Fansided slash NBA. We'll get you there. So. Um, uh, check that out, and uh, thanks for listening. We're back again soon. Uh, there has to be an intervention. I'm going to be the inter... Beaner? Oh, no, Pat Riley. <laughs> Not the interweener. I'm going to be the intervener. No! There has to be an intervention here, okay? And that's real. That's real. You know, get a bad news. And so he's got to come back strong next year, and I'm going to try to help him as much as I can. I'm going to try to help both of them come back.